welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. I want to teach and share something on God's word. God's word. Uh, actually, everything is changing, but, you know, when we came out of the pandemic, you hear, some, even in London, you go to, on the roads, and many roads have been blocked. Roads, road markings have changed. A lot of no entry, places you can't drive. Things have changed. The way businesses run have changed. Banks have changed. You go to banks and many, uh, um, the, the count, many counters have been closed, self-service, many, many more. There are places you go, you said no cash. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. Why? Because Jesus said this. In the book of Matthew chapter 24, verse um, 35. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35, it says, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. So what tells you, what it says that this earth is disposable. Everything physical, everything you see is disposable. Heaven and earth will pass away. That's why I said everything is changing. Everything is changing. Heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So he said the, the times are, Jesus said to himself, that times are changing. Times are changing. Times are changing. Economic situations are changing. So many things are changing. Businesses, families. Marriages have come under attack. Governments are making new laws. Different, a lot of different things are happening because everything is changing and everything has to change because everything is disposable. So everything must change. In the book of First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, I like to pick it from verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which, uh-oh, uh, which lives and abides forever. <laughs> it's not everything that changes. Everything is changing, but there's only one thing that doesn't change. Why would you hinge your future on what is passing? Why would a person hinge their future on what is passing? It is an error. Because when you hinge, tie your future, or tie yourself to what is passing, you pass with it. But when you tie your destiny and tie yourself to what is unchanging, what is not passing, you are, your destiny will remain secure and stable. So, it says that we are born again by the incorruptible seed of God's word, which lives and abides forever. Verse 24 says, for all flesh is grass. Uh-oh. It's as grass. And all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. Really? The grass withers and the flower falls away. Really? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you look at the grass. It looks so good. And then 
When the weather changes, everything withers. You look at the flowers. During spring, everything is springing up. Everything looks beautiful. Some everything, the flowers are blossoming. And then fall. Everything begins to fall. <laughs> spring comes, then fall comes. It's within one year. It comes and goes. Flower. And so there's something beautiful about your life. There's something beautiful about our lives. There's something beautiful about the now. Uh, there's something beautiful, but look, look, please, it's going. It's on its way out. Because it says, just as the flower fades and the grass falls, the grass withers, the same way our lives, man is like grass. There's nothing we, should, we can hold on to to give us security for tomorrow. In Isaiah chapter 40, thank you, Jesus. I would like to read it from, from the verse 6. Isaiah chapter 40, reading from verse 6, it says that, hey, the voice said, cry. This is talking about the voice of God telling the prophet, cry, speak aloud. That's where eventually we're going. The voice said, Speak out loud. It's almost like in Jonah chapter 3 verse 2 where Jonah went and was making declarations. He was preaching and he was speaking out loud. Tell everybody, arise. That, 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 go on to the river and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So he went out and he was crying out unto them, speaking out, speaking out. And here the voice came to Isaiah and the voice said, Cry! Don't be silent. Don't be quiet. This is the time, church. This is the time to open the book. This is the time to go into God's word more. This is not the time for drama, for stories. This is not the time for entertainment. Because things are changing. He said, cry out. The word of the Lord came. And the voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? Because what have I got to say? And they will listen. Our generation is not interested in what I've got to say. What they want, I don't have it. So what can I say? Preacher, speak out. But what you are supposed to speak out is not yours. You don't have what can change our times. You don't have what can change our generation. It must be from above. So he said, what shall I cry? He said, all flesh is grass. And all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The flesh has some goodliness, sister. Mm -hmm. The flesh always has some goodliness. The flesh has some good. There are some things that look good at first appearance. <laughs> they look good. All people at first appearance look good. But the truth is everything about man is passing. So it, it looks good, yes, but it's passing. It's passing. What is it in our lives that are passing? The times are actually telling us nothing is stable. But the word of God is. So it said, all flesh is grass. Cry out. Remind people. Don't hinge your future. Don't hinge your life on what you just see today. The things that are looking nice, don't hinge your life on it. 
There's only one thing that is time tested that we can hinge our lives, build our lives, build our marriages, build our families, build our futures, build our education, build our businesses, build our societies, build our communities on. It is one unchanging thing that can stand the test of time. Only one. Every other thing is passing. Cry out. Everything is passing. Everything is changing. I guarantee you, this week, some interesting news is going to come out. Next week, another one will come out. Something has happened. Something has happened. Things are changing. People have loved their livelihood. People have gained some new stuff. Other things are going good. A lot of things are going bad. Some people have just been murdered. Some bombs. Things are changing. All flesh is grass. And the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fades, because the spirit of it blows upon it. Surely the people is grass. Wow. The people is grass. I think you can use this as your status. <laughs> Put this on your status. Surely the people is grass. The people is grass. This morning, I am talking to you about the holy tracheostomy. The people is grass. We need a holy tracheostomy. The word of God must come in one way or the other. It must come in. It must come in. Why? Because the people is grass. All is passing away except the word of the Lord. Then it goes to the verse 8, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. It says, that, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So that means that you can hinge your future, you can base your future, build your life on the word of God, and you are guaranteed, you are sure of the outcome. God, that is the only sure thing. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. But whatever is built, hinged on the word of God, abides forever, stands permanently. Why? Because the, the word of God reveals his nature. The word of God depicts him. The word of God is God. Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 that I am the Lord, I change not. So God, because God doesn't change, his word cannot change. I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. That is why we are not consumed. It's not because of the money. It's not because of better policies. We are not consumed because God does not change. And we who depend on God cannot be victims in life cheaply. I am the Lord, I change not. I am the Lord, I change not. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord, I change not. In Numbers chapter 
23, verse 19. He said, For God is not a man that he should lie. Has he, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God, when he says it, it is. God's word is reliable. But I thank God that God is a speaking God. So there's no time that you can't have access to God's word. If you are not having it, then the problem is you, not God. Because God is a speaking God. From the beginning, God said. From the beginning, God said. We understand that all things came to be by the word of God. So from the beginning, in the beginning was the word. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, that God who at sundry time spoke to the prophet has indeed these last days, spoken and spoke to the in the past times unto our fathers by the prophets. He 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 spoke has in these last days spoken. So in old times he has been speaking, and in new times he's still speaking. He's still speaking. God is a speaking God. Thank God for the speaking God. And guess what? When he speaks, he's releasing himself into somebody's situation, into somebody's life, into somebody's condition. Because when God speaks, he releases himself. And when you get God, God does not change. Your when your situation is built on the word of God, everything falls off, but God's word stands forever. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, he says that not even a jot or a tittle. Oh my goodness. He said, for verily... In some other translation, he said, truly, you know, everything he just said was true. true. But why must he then preface this with truly? That means that this one requires extra attention because these are fundamental things. So everything he said was true. He's God. Everything he just said is true. But why must he say truly or sometimes truly, truly? That means that this one, this statement I'm about to make is so fundamental. It's so heavy in its weight. It cannot be ignored. He said, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappeared, I told you. Jesus said heaven and earth is disappearing. It's disposable. The earth is disposable. The job is disposable. Your shoes are disposable. Oh, your beauty is disposable. I don't know what you, the goodliness in your life, but it's disposable. But there's one thing that is indispensable and indisposable. That is the word of God. This morning, I came to encourage somebody, build your life on the word. So, he says, until heaven and earth pass away. Jesus said, truly I said, until heaven and earth, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen. Can you imagine? The least stroke it's like what separates uh, small letter uh, L from small letter T. Oh. That stroke, that small stroke, that one will even not pass of the word of God. Or when you say that, when you see the uh, written text, an apostrophe, that apostrophe, he said, even that in God's word is, is valid. It does not pass away. So uh, every, every mark in God's word, every letter in God's word, uh, every, every word in God's word, uh, every, every phrase in, in God's word, uh, every, every sentence in God's word, uh, every, uh, every paragraph in God's word, every chapter in God's word, every book in God's word, uh, every testament in God's word is sure, is stable, is sure, it will never pass away. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The word of God stands forever. The word of God stands forever. In when you read Psalm 119, throughout Psalm 119, you see the Bible uses different words to reflect or depict the word of God. 
For instance, it talks about, um, the Bible mentions uh, um, your precepts, okay? So sometimes it says your law. Psalm 119 verse 1, you see it mentioned your law. What's the law talking about? The word of God is referred to as your law. And you see it all over some, one, some place. It said your law. Some, verse 2, it uses your testimony. But then verse, verse 4, it uses your commandment. So your law, your testimony, your commandment. Verse, verse 13, it uses your judgment. And then verse 14, the testimony again. And then verse, verse 15, your precepts. All these things are words that reflect the word of God. So it, tell, it said the word of God are precepts. The word of God are his law. The word of God is his commandment. The word of God is his testimony. All these ones. So when you read through Psalm 119, you keep saying, seeing these same words over and over and over again. But there is another word that is used to depict the word of God that has been used 21 times in Psalm 119, which is your statutes. Your statutes. So when you look at verse 5, all that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes, your statutes. You know, statutes are things that are like uh, carved in stone, something that is it's rock solid. Then the word of God is his statute. It's rock solid. It's like a rock, something beautiful carved out of a rock. You can't destroy it easily. You can't give it a blow and it breaks down. The word of God is his statutes. He said, your statues. So when you study the scriptures, you realize this is telling us that there's something that is solid and reliable in life. The statues of God. Amen. Sister, brother, build your life upon God's word. Build your life upon God. Build your career upon God's word. Build your marriage upon God's word. Build your family upon God's word. Build your city Upon God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. So even in Psalm 119 verse 89, it says that forever, O Lord, <laughs> thy word is settled. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. It's settled in heaven. It's reliable. It's dependable. You can bank your future on it. Psalm 119 says that thy word is true from the beginning. In all, it's altogether true. From it, I think another translation even puts it, Psalm 119, verse 160. That word is true from the beginning. Some, another translation renders it differently. Let's see how the NIV puts it. Thy word is true from the beginning. All your words are true. Every aspect of it. It's true from the, all of it. All of God's word is true. This morning, I want to charge somebody that build your life on God's word. Now, so if we have to build our lives on God's word, what should we do? If for, for God's word to have a place in our life, for us to watch this, when God's word comes, God word, God's word delivers. Because in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says that, actually, 1 Peter chapter 1, we read it before, verse 23, it talks about the word of God lives, abides and lives forever. Okay, so it says that, which lives and abides forever. The word of God lives. It's, it's, and then Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it said, for the word of God is living. The word of God is living and powerful. Now, the original Greek doesn't even say the word of God is living. It says, living is the word of God. Or oh. oh, the word of God living is. <laughs> so living is the word of God. 
the word of God. So in, in the Greek, if you want to put an emphasis on a word, you bring the emphasis first. So it's that living is the word of God. It, it has life. It has eyes. It watches you. It has hands. It can hold you. It has feet. It runs after you. The word of God has mouth. It speaks to you. That, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. The word that can speak to you is not going to help you. Something about the word of God. For the word of God which is living and active, the word of God which is settled in heaven, for the word of God which is a statute, for the word of God which is ever living, the word of God which does not change, which abides forever, for that word to be able to work in your life. You and I, our lives are like grass. Our lives just passing away. But for the word of God to work in our lives, number one, it must find a place in our lives. It must come to our lives. And so... This makes it very important that in these times when things are changing, what must be held up higher is the word of God. We need God more than ever before. And if we need to experience God, watch this, if we need to experience God, then we have to run to his word. Look at Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 8, very interesting thing happened. Nehemiah chapter 8, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the, uh, into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Can you imagine? The people gathered as one man. That means that they had one purpose. Their, their agenda was one. That is how church should be. That when we come together, our agenda is one. Because we need God in these times. Listen, in these challenging times of our days, in these uncertain times, we need, actually need the engagement of God. We need the hand of God. God, visit our church. God, visit our churches. God, visit our families. God, visit our marriages. God, visit our nation. God, visit our cities. God, visit our businesses. We need God. And when God's people gather together, they must have this one purpose, that we want God. And when we want God, the first thing we go for is we begin to cry out to the preachers. Pastor, please open the Bible. <laughs> I need God. Lord, I need God. Pastor, when you're looking for God, when the people came together, they called for the preacher. Stop stoning preachers. Let's begin to call on the preachers who bring us the word of the Lord. I need a preacher who will bring me the word of the Lord. At this moment in my life, what I need is not entertainment. At this moment in my life, what I need is not just humor. At this moment of my life, what I need is not just opinions and ideologies. At this moment of my life, what I need is not politics. At this moment of my life, what I need is not what is going on current affairs. They might be good, but when I come to God's house, when I come to you, I need the word of God. It's about time people begin to cry out to pastors and cry out to their pastor. Pastor, can you please stop the story and open the Bible? Can you still stop the uh, the announcement is a lot. Can you please stop the drama? Can you please let's stop the entertainment? Can you open the Bible? We need more of your word. We need more of God's word. They cry out to Ezra. They said, Ezra, please come and open the book to us. Ezra, bring us the book. <laughs> bring us the book. 
bring us the book. Because Ezra, in Ezra chapter 7 verse 10, had been preparing himself for this time. He's been giving himself to God's word. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. And to do it, not only to teach it, but he sought it to do it and to teach the statutes and the ordinances in Israel. Hallelujah. So they look for the pastor. Ezra, come. They gathered with one voice on the street. They said, Ezra, bring us the word because the times are unstable. The times are unstable. The times are changing. I, I need God. Eh. So they said, Pastor, please, okay. Thank you for the nice things you've been saying. Can you please open the Bible? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of a congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. Now, this first day of the seventh month is almost like the new, so the seventh month is like the new month, first month of the new year. So it's like a new year's message. We want to start again with God's word. After lockdown, brothers and sisters, let's all go back into God's word. Let's go back to the unadulterated word. Let's go back for the word. That's the only way we can experience God. Because many people have turned their backs against God. But I believe there is a revival coming. Amen. I believe there's great awakening coming. Amen. I believe God is about to start something. But the remnants must call out for God and go back to God's word. God, let your word show us yourself in your word. Hallelujah. And, and verse 3 says that, And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate. From morning till midday, can you imagine, from all morning he was reading. Before the men and women. And you see, this reading is not just um, opening and read like the way the newscasters read. This one is like you are reading, but you are preaching. You are reading and bringing it alive. So when you read it, the, the original text, he opened his mouth and read, read loudly and boldly. He's, it's like he's reading, but he was speaking to them. He was reading and speaking. To them. He read it. What version is that? NIV. He read it aloud. From daybreak until noonday. He was speaking to them. They were the same. He was reading, but he read it like he was speaking to them. He allowed the word to take on his persona and speak through him. He read it aloud. And those who could understand. And the ears, and the ears of all people were at this is this is beautiful. See, when, when, when the pastor takes the word of God serious, the congregation will take the word of God serious. <laughs> he read it, and the people, everybody gave him that. Because when you have a high view of God and God's word, the atmosphere begins to change. The atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere is changing. That's why I'm a firm believer that when you are hearing the, the word of the Lord, don't, don't, especially like live stream, the side effects, negative impact of, of live stream has its benefits, is that people will be watching live stream and cooking at the same time. <laughs> will you be cooking when you are in church? No. People will be watching live stream 
It's different from maybe later on watching it and just let it play in the background. But there is a time, the Bible calls it holy convocation. It's a holy convocation. Let it be declared as a holy convocation and no one should do anything. No one should do anything within that holy convocation. It's a special assembly. Holy convocation. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1. Chapter 23, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. Chapter 23, verse 7. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 8. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24. It talks about, le, 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 verse, verse 20, uh, 27, 21, 24, 27. Chapter 23, verse 35, 36, 37. All, it says that the, the holy convocation, you shall do, uh, you shall do no uh, servile work therein. Don't work, don't do anything. In other words, separate yourself. It's a holy convocation means holy gathering, a holy assembly. And every believer must have times of holy convocation where you have dedicated everything you are doing for hearing God, for fellowship with others, without other things infiltrating. Very important. That's why I even encourage a parents, when you bring your child to church, that's not that when the preaching is going on, you give them iPad and they are playing games. Let's train the children. To understand holy convocation is holy convocation. Yeah. That time belongs to God. Yeah. Yeah. Holy convocation. Holy convocation. Numbers chapter 28, verse 18, verse 20, 25, verse 26. Holy convocation. Holy convocation. Holy convocation. It is necessary. And so when they came together, they gave attention to the word of God. They, the preacher preached from the, the book of Moses and they opened their ears. They, they, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the Lord. That's how we can experience God, please. That's how we can experience God. It's not because the pastor is so powerful when he speaks Fire is coming out of his mouth. No, but it's because the pastor has prepared himself in God's word and he's speaking the word of God. He's allowing, because when the Bible speaks, God speaks. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. He opens the Bible. God is speaking to us. And as God is speaking to us with the power of the Holy Ghost, and we also give him our attention. I like what Papa said. He says that if you don't have time for God, he doesn't have time for you. God doesn't have time for people who don't have time for him. And so as the people give their attention to God's word, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he said, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. You have to do it. You have to, if you want to experience God, give attention to his word. And I'm talking about undivided attention. Praise God. And... This is amazing. And Ezra and the scribes stood upon the pulpit of wood, which they had made for, this, for the purpose. And beside him stood, they mentioned the names, about 13 names of uh, the Levites. 13 names of leaders stood not at the back of the church, but in front. They were together with the leader as he read. And as he opened the word. And verse 5 says that, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. He was standing at the place where everybody could see him. And when he had opened it, all the people stood up. Hallelujah. You see the attitude of the people? This is what can bring the move of God, the hand of God, the power of God to bear in our, in our times. 
when there, there are people who give attention to God's word by the help of the Holy Spirit, yield themselves to God's word and give themselves to prayer so that they will become the conduits, they will become the channels of God's help to a generation. And that's why some time ago I said that if God wants to, God wants to bless the people who a nation or a city or community, he will give them faithful pastors who will teach his word. And the Bible says that the people stood up. Verse 6 says, and, and Ezra blessed, this is very interesting. This is where I'm going. Holy tracheostomy. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. You see, it's about time as we preach, the focus is on the Lord. And we let everybody know that this is God. This is all. Our God is great. Ezra, he's, he's a high view of God. Ezra had such a great view of God. And when the preacher who had this great view of God opened the word and spoke, something happened. He, uh, let's, see, let's see what happened. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the, he blessed the Lord. But look what happened. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen. With lifting up their hands. And they bowed, oh, oh, their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. A high view of God will always produce a humble heart in men. A high view of God or a good theology will produce quality doxology. <laughs> good theology will produce qualitative doxology. Doxology is giving God glory. When the man of God elevated God before the people, the people bowed their heads. Bible says that their heads were to the ground. Their faces, is not their head, their faces, they put their faces in the mat. Every time God is exalted, man will be humbled. Isaiah, he went to the temple. He saw God in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, and the day when King Hosea died, I saw the Lord lifted and exalted in his temple. And <laughs> it says that in the year when King of said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and he still filled the temple. Let's go to verse 3. Verse 3 says that, and one cried to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4 says that, and the post of the door moved at the voice of, and the house was filled with smoke. And in verse 5, then said I, uh, uh, the prophet who have been telling the people, you are useless. You people are not doing. Then he said, I said, woe is me for I'm undone. When God is exalted and his word comes clear, watch this problem. People begin to see where they stand. Their heart gets cut. That's where I'm going. When the word of God comes in purity, in truth, and God is elevated, watch this, in his word, in his word, in his word, in purity, boldly. Men are humbled. It's like a seesaw. There's no way you can lift two ends together. If the word is exalted, man will be humbled. If man is exalted, God will be ignored. So when Ezra lifted, magnified the great God, the people came before their faces. They answered and said, Amen, Amen. Lifted their hands and bowed their heads. Bow their heads. Does that make sense when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn. When God speaks, people begin to mourn for their sins. Wow. 
When God is revealed, when God comes to bear, it cuts to the heart. Ah, I'm going there. Cuts to the heart. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, Peter didn't finish his preaching. Whilst he was preaching, the people interrupted the preacher. Can you imagine? He was telling them. He started, watch this. <laughs> watch, this. watch this. In Acts chapter 2, when they said these people are drunk, and then in verse 17, Peter said, these people are not drunk as he supposed. And then he said, this is what was spoken by prophet Joel, saying, that says the Lord, in the last days. So he quoted Joel chapter um, 2. Verse 28, so Peter quoted Joel, then he said, and it shall come to pass, verse 21, Acts chapter 2, verse 21, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then the verse 22, straight he said, ye men of Israel, he addressed the people, said, men of Israel, hear this words. Then he spoke about Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. This is good preaching. This is good preaching. I'm telling you, Peter was, this is the first preaching of the church, and we all have to take clue from it. Good preaching. He spoke about, he quoted, make references to what the scripture is saying, and then he brought Jesus to light. He told them, he addressed them. He didn't say, everybody, anyone wants to live. He addressed them. He said, the people I'm speaking to, this must be relevant to you. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which he did through him in your midst, as you yourself know. Then he speaks about Jesus, and guess what? After he speaks about Jesus, he goes back to the scripture and quotes Psalm 16, verse 8 to 11. Then from Psalm 16, verse 8 to 11, he goes to Psalm 32, Psalm 132, verse 11. Then he comes back to Psalm 16, verse, verse 10. Then he goes again to Psalm 110, verse 1. He was quoting and quoting and quoting as he was wow. explaining. Quoted and explained. Quoted and explained. Quoted and explained. I'm telling you, yeah. Wow. He quoted and explained. Peter started with, this is what the, the scripture says. And then he said, Jesus. Then he began to explain what happened to Jesus from scripture. And Psalm 16, verse 8, 9, 10, 11. Then he went, Psalm 132, verse 11, quoted and spoke about Jesus. And then he came back to Psalm 116, Psalm 16, verse 10. Then he went back again to Psalm 110, 110, oh verse 1. And then he explained to them. Then when he finished, he said, you, he hasn't even finished. He said, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has raised. Verse 36. He said, let it be known. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this, this not the Jesus the Muslims are saying that he's a Muslim. No. The Jesus we are talking about in the Bible, please. There are different types of Jesus. But this particular Bible Jesus, okay? This <laughs> Not the footballer. Okay? Not, he said, let it be assured known that this Jesus, which Jesus? Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus the Christians are preaching. This Jesus, whom you crucified, both God has made him both Lord and Christ. And he didn't finish preaching. As he said that, the Bible says that, now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Someone say, cut to the heart. The Greek word translated cut to the heart, cut. Is katanuso. Katanuso. They were katanuso. What does it mean? It's like to pierce something. Yes. Like, like the way a butcher would take the neck, the throat of the animal, and slaughter it. The word of God. I'm talking about the word of God. The word. That's what the word can do. That's what the word can do. For us to see God. When God is elevated, man will be humbled. The word cut through. He said they were kata, katanuso. It was it cut through into, into the depth of their soul. This is not a skin deep. Where after you are cut, after the service, one hour after the service, everything you've forgotten. 
No, no, this one stays. It's deep cut. Oh, I'm talking. This is a deep cut, deep cut, deep cut. Deep cut. Trash told me. This is a deep cut, deep cut, deep cut. But the word, the word must be, it's not light skin. It's not just the skin. It's not just the surface. It goes deep. Katanuso means they were cut straight into deep. Cut deep that you can't ignore for the rest of your life. The word that brings God to bear. The word that will help us to see a revival. The word that will stay up touches. I was having a meeting with the pastors yesterday. The branch pastors, I was telling them, please, let's go back to the altar of fire. And let's bring the word of fire. Because it takes the word of God. When it's preached in truth and it's preached clearly for people to understand. That is what will bring the word God to bear. Because heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall not pass away. I am the Lord. I change not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This brings us to um, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, it says, the word of God is living. That's why I quoted earlier. Living is the word of God. He has life. He has life. The word of God is the only book that has life. All other books are stories. And it's just black and white, uh, black on white printed. But the word of God, so if it is not brought to life, you won't see it. But the word of God is living. And watch, watch this. This is very important. And it's Powerful. It is powerful. Many of us here didn't get here by ourselves. It's the word. God, through his word, changed my life. The other time I said, any, any conversion which does not have an explanation is not genuine conversion. How can you be born again without explanation? You don't know how. You don't know. The, there's no reason behind you being born again. How did you become born? I don't know. I just felt, I felt like I need Jesus. And uh, who is Jesus? How, uh, explain it. How? Our faith must have a reason. Our hope must have a reason. A hope without reason is, is baseless hope. Reason cannot save us. But the faith that saves us has reason. And the reason is clear in scripture. You know why you are saved. Because you believed in him and he said, if you believe in him who died for your sins and, and rose again on the third day for your justification, if you believe him with all your heart, you shall be saved. <laughs> I remember he said, believe it thou this, Kenagripa. I know you believe the prophets. Do you believe this? <laughs> Somebody came to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you heal my son? He said, do you believe that I am able to do this? Mark chapter 9. Believe that. Do you? And then he said, yeah, Lord. Then he said, help my own belief. He said, do you believe? Believe it that, that I am able to do this. Do you believe it? What is your belief? And that's why I spend my, take my time to teach on what preaching should be about. If you have not got that message, please try and grab that message. Good preaching. And what is supposed to be the content of good preaching? What are we? And then when we say, when we, once we say we believe, who is Jesus? What do we mean by we believe Jesus? Who is this Jesus we believe about? You must know. You must know. Other than that, your faith is baseless. He says that be prepared to give a reason 
to uh, give an explanation and answer to anyone. First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. Anyone who asks you for the hope, who asks about, uh, said, uh, sanctify yourself uh, and always be ready to give a defense. Uh, other translation be an answer to everyone who asks you for the for the reason of the hope. Your hope must have a reason. Other than that, it's no hope. It's, it's hopeless. Well, let's go back to the text because of my time. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter two, 4 verse 12 said the word of God is living, is powerful. Watch this, watch this, watch this. It is sharper. Hallelujah. Ah, sharp objects. What are they used for? It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, what, when he says any two-edged sword, that means that the word of God has not got any blunt, uh, blunt side. Wow. Yeah. Any two, every, every way it cuts. It no blunt side to the word of God. If we actually go to the pure word of God, the true word of God, and we give our hearts to the word of God, and we expect to hear the word of God from a preacher who has prepared himself, the word of God has no blunt, blunt side. <laughs> he said, sharper than any two-edged sword. Ah, see that word there? Did you see that word there? Piercing. Piercing even to the division of the soul. It goes deep. Division of the soul and the spirit, the joint and marrow, and is the designer of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. It goes deep. It's not just your skin. It's not just how you feel. It's, it goes to the who you are. The word of God targets who you are. It goes straight to the core of who you are. And watch this, verse 13. Verse 13. I like the verse 13. That's why I'm going to run up. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked. All things are what? Naked. The word translated naked is gumnos. Gumnos is like gym. When you go to the... So those days, the men who, like the, uh, 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 um, the sportsmen, bodybuilders, when they go, or the soldiers, the special ones, when they go to the gym, they take off their coat. They take off their outer garment. They strip bare. So the word of God strips you. God, before everybody is saying, you are bare. That's goodness. It's like you are in the gym, ready for training. Strip off. You can't sew fig leaves to cover yourself. Like Adam and Eve did. They tried to cover up to look a certain way before the weather. No, no, he says that God, nothing is hidden before God. Everything is made naked. Everything is made, all things are naked. Oh, and then he didn't just say naked and open. Ah. Oh, oh, open to his eyes. That is where, you see the word open. Some other translation may use bare. Everything is bare, laid bare. <laughs> Laid bare, raw. The word translated bare is the word I want to draw your attention to. Is trachelizo. Wow. And you know, trachea. Ah. What does trachelizo means? When you're about to slaughter the animal, it's like, you see, I'm wearing a tie, and then they take off my tie and coat, and then lift my head and open up, get the throat ready for the cutting. That's trachelizo. That's where we get the word tracheostomy. Tracheostomy is trachelizo. It's like they all share the root word. Tracheo. Track is your track. So the word of God said, when you come to God, you are made bare. You are made bare, ready for cutting. 
<laughs> Cutting, watch this. I like tra tracheostomy or tracheotomy is the same thing, depending on the way. Tracheotomy, you know what it does? Tracheotomy is to make an incision in the truth in order to be able, most of the time, to send something into your lungs or oxygen, especially, to help people through ventilators to, so they can make an incision. So, you, for, you know, when people are going to, there are men who have a lot of beard. For tracheo, tracheostomy, you have to shave it. Clear the place. Clear the place. Listen, Bible said that before God, we are all best. We are all best. And the word of God is sharper. It's coming. You need, we all need holy tracheostomy. Holy tracheostomy. When you come to church, take off. Strip bare. Ready for holy tracheostomy. Holy tracheostomy. God! want to make an incision and cut deep and send what will help you in your life, uh -huh. what is stable in your life. You want to send oxygen into your system. Uh -huh. You are running out of uh, oxygen. Uh -huh. You are running out of his breath. You are running out of his spirit. He, we need tracheostomy, holy tracheostomy. We need the word of God because heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word abides forever and that is what must enter. And for it to enter, you have to give God's word attention. Amen. Allow him to make you bear. Allow the word to cut. Preaching that doesn't cut might not help. Cuts you. It catches you where you are because the word of God is alive. It catches you as you are bitter against your husband, bitter against your wife, fighting and doing that and doing that. Angry with the situations and you are, you are, you are, your, your soul is taking over. When the word of God comes and he gives his attention, it begins to make you bear and you realize that you need help. And they were cut. Let me, let me go back to the text as I finish in Nehemiah. When they read, the people bowed their heads and their faces to the blood. In verse 8, so they, they read the book in the law of God distinctly and gave sense and caused them to understand. And Nehemiah, which is, uh, which is the, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites, that touched the people, said to all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. Because the word has gotten so much to them, they started mourning and weeping. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You can't be feeling good when sin is reigning in your life. Mm. No! No! You can't feel comfortable. You are not supposed to feel comfortable when sin has taken hold of your life. No! When you, have, you are out of fellowship with God. No! And when the word of God comes to you, it must expose you, mm. make you bear to cut, not humiliate. No, 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 it's not between others, you and others. It's between you and God. It's the word of God that abides forever. And the word comes to you and cuts. It makes an incision. We all need holy tracheostomy. Every now, God, I need it more. Let your word come and cut me. And cut me so I can do your work in purity. I can do it the way I should do it. I can go back to the drawing table and be a faithful, uh, a, 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 a more faithful pastor. To be a, a, a faithful teacher of your word. That I will not be distracted. We all need the word. We need the word. We need the word. For heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, all flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. Things are changing, but the word doesn't change. Things are changing, not on the word. Everything is changing. After coronavirus pandemic, everything is shaking. Everything is changing, but not the word. But not the word. And I present to you the word that gives you stability. Yes.
the word that causes God to work in our times. If you want to see God at work, he starts from his house. And what, how does he start from his house? The word of God, the book must be opened. Mm-hmm. When the book is open and the word of God is taught, holy tracheostomy takes place. God begins to cut into people and sort people out. Because when God is elevated, people will be humbled. And then they begin to mourn for their sins. Mourn for, it's okay to mourn for your sins. It's okay. Oh, but you know, Jesus has taken, people don't have to feel guilty. If you don't feel guilty, how can you stop it? It's not a guilt trip, but it's conviction. Say, so Holy Ghost, one of the things he does is he convicts the world of sin. John chapter 16. He, verse 8, he convicts. So you can't be walking the Holy Spirit. And no conviction of your sin. And if you open the word and you see God, the word will cut. Because you need to shave some things off. And every one of us needs it. Do you know why? Because all flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. And we need to keep the word of God coming. Coming in. Coming in. So we shall be agents in his hands. Channels through which God can reach our generation and change our generation and bless our generation. But none of that can happen without us opening ourselves to the word of God and now embracing the word of God and then making it our prayer topic and praying. And go back on our knees in prayer and ask for repent, ask for forgiveness and call God to show us mercy, to show us mercy. You will never cry out for mercy if God is not elevated before your eyes. You will never cry out for mercy if you don't see how messy you have been. You never cry out for mercy if you don't think you have any mess. Yeah. Can you imagine that Jesus went to his hometown? The first message he preached in his hometown, they wanted to crush him. Why? Because he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He said, we are not poor. <laughs> to open the eyes of the blind, we are not blind. <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> to set the captivity, we are not in captivity. What you are talking about, what has that got to do with us? They got upset. They got upset and they wanted to kill him. They, t- they w- took him to the brow of the hill where the city was built, to throw him down, to crush him. Why? Because he preached a message They said, this is not for us. We don't need this message. We don't need this message. But Peter, when he did he, he preached, he quoted scriptures. He didn't even finish preaching. And they all said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Why? Because they were cut. And then Peter started, continued the preaching. It's there. Peter said to them, repent, and then look at verse 39. For the, for the gift is unto you, for the promise is unto you. And verse 40, and with many words. So he didn't finish preaching. They cut him. The word will cut them and they interjected, interrupted the preacher. He said, please, what shall we do? We need the help of God. When you have a high view of God in scripture, it always bring the, uh, makes, brings humility in the heart of men who begin to seek for the salvation only God can give. I believe that we have come to a time in our days where there, there's one thing that we need more, if there's anything we need more than any other thing ever, is the word of God. Pay the price, go for the word of God. Pay the price. It will cost, but pay the price. Be bold about God's word. Build your confidence in God's word. Compare other people about God's word. And be, be, be bold about his word. Declare it. And let the word, because the word cuts. Holy tracheostomy. Is what I need. Holy, let your word do the surgery of my life. Cut me. Expose my truth and cut it with your word. So I will be healed. So I'll be well. 
in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.